The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week, Tom Cole is my special guest, taking your calls on everything from aces, wisterias and even lemon trees. We've also got some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus our plant of the week, and not forgetting events around the county. We go straight to your calls, and this week we start with Reg in Wickford. Hi, Ken. Magnolias um, you're talking yeah, about, is that right? I, I've got the Delata, which I thought would only grow to a maximum of about five feet. Um, it's gone over, it's about five years old. It's gone over six foot now, and it's got a um it, it called spread and where i've got it at the end of the decking fitted in between two hydrangeas i want to trim it and i didn't know if i'd do any harm what's interesting tom there is that stellata is bought as a smaller one i'd always recommend it as a smallish grower yeah. um and that is growing very well indeed isn't it i mean that's that's a lot of growth in five years isn't it that's pretty good actually six foot pretty good actually we've got one at college is i have to say it's about seven or eight foot but how old but it's older than that yeah. De- absolutely more older than that but anyway that's about sorry it, yeah. back to the pruning back to the pruning tom decking and it, i thought you'd only appear up about four foot above the decking but it's already nearly five foot above the yeah. now. Right, won't you prune them, Tom? Well, it's finished flowering, so and it's in leaf, and I would actually do some pruning now. Um, oh. So bring it down. You're saying it's about six foot, did you say? Yes. So you could, t- you could take three foot off. I think you could take two or three foot off that, actually, oh, right. very very yeah. easily, cutting it to always to an outward-facing leaf, yep. because that just directs the growth out from the centre, and you'll, get, you'll still get that very good shape, because it's a lovely rounded plant, really. Yep. The only problem is wherever you prune it, and you can cut back the laterals as well, but the only thing is that you'll most likely get very little flower next year. Oh, right. Um, you'll get less flower. You're not yeah. going to get a lot of flower, Yeah, you'll, you? you definitely get less flower because you're cutting away a lot of that older wood, um, yeah. but you've got a better shape. this year anyway. Yeah. They've been phenomenal this year, magnolias. They've been great. Don't panic and give it a good food. It's yeah, good feed bit of it food. sequestered iron. Christine in Benfleet. Hi, Christine. Oh, morning, Ken. Yeah, mine's a similar sort of question. It's about a lilac. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had this lilac all about 18 years. It's, um, this spring, it's, it's bloomed the best we've ever had it, we think. It's absolutely been beautiful. Um, but it's now about 12 feet high, 10 foot sort of circumference, and we would like to lower that. Um, so, you know, can we do it now or should we wait? Uh, well, um, is it still flowering? Well, it's finishing. It's sort of the, fl- the blooms are going over brownish, so right. they're not quite finished yet. But... I would actually go in now and do some pruning then. So if you've got 12 foot, crikey, how, you want yes. to bring it down? You third. Could, I reckon you could take about a third of that away. Mm. One uh, third. Yeah, mm. about a third. Don't, yeah, don't go much more than that, really. And then uh, I would also, because you're taking such a lot of wood, wood away, I'd also probably do a bit of feeding as well. So something like a grow more or fish blood and bone or Vitex Q4, any of those... Right. Good handful, a square metre around the plant, just dig it in after you've finished, and that will really serve it well. Right, OK. All right. Lovely. OK, and could I ask you a question about tomatoes? Of course you could. <laughs> um, we're growing Gardener's Delight in, the, in a cold greenhouse, and they're, they're doing very well. Um, I think, I don't know, I've heard or read 
that if you keep them slightly thirsty, they've got more flavour. But, of course, then you think, well, if you're not going to feed them, no. you're not going to water well, them in, you know, blossom end rot. You'd love to see us both in the studio <laughs> because we're both going, no, with our heads. <laughs> uh, the, the, key th- the key thing with tomatoes and peppers, aubergines and cucumbers, they must have water. They, they've got to have that moisture. At, uh, with it, yeah. The the thing that can enhance flavour sometimes is actually the, the part of the feed that you've got to apply. So if you're using a tomato fertiliser, potassium, yep. uh, which is in the product, actually is linked to potentially flavour. But it, Gardener's Diet is such a flavoursome pl- uh, fruit anyway. You don't have to worry. You don't yeah, to worry too yeah, much. But, but do keep it moist. Not saturated, but moist, moist at all, all the times. Time. Not, not saturated. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's lovely. Thanks for both those payups. That's uh, a okay. pleasure. That's uh, what we're here for. Don't forget, you can give us a call on 0800 111 That's the number to call. And uh, text us 81333. Start the message with the word Essex, just as Lee has about his wisteria. And we'll be talking to him in just a little while. Jackie from Hatfield Peveril. Hello, Jackie. Good morning, Ken. What can we do? Um, my plum tree mm-hmm. uh, is a Victoria uh, dwarf plum tree. Um, and it's got lots of little tiny plums all over it, and it's really, really healthy. But below the normal branches that I've always had, I've got lots of new branches coming out, but no, they didn't have flowers on them. How low down are these new branches coming out? Um, they're about two foot from the ground. Right, and where, where do you think uh, this plum, if it's a dwarf, it will be grafted won't it so yes depends whether it's top grafted or bottom grafted doesn't it uh, i think you <laughs> most of them will be top uh, no be grafted bottom, to, closer to the ground so that growth sounds like it's it's the cultivar still um does, and in, in, if you if you want to maintain a clear trunk and you don't want those limbs then actually now because it's in leaf you could remove those or you could wait until about july august and do the same thing or you could allow them to develop and develop flowers a little bit lower down then on the on the plant it's it that they're not from the bottom <clears throat> if they're up no. that high they should be definitely part of the plant absolutely yes yeah so it's up to you whether you want to have them there or not oh brilliant yeah that's, so that's yes Okay, I'll leave it till next, you know, till they get flowers. Well, yeah, but you could, happens. if you want it to branch, don't forget at this time of year, you could just tip them. That will cause branching. And it will cause branching. So, because if, if it's a dwarf and you want it, a dwarf bushy plant, that's how you'd yes. achieve it. Lovely, thank you. That's a pleasure. That's thank Jack- you very much. That's Jackie from Hatfield Peveril. She's given us a call on 0800 111 That's the number they call. Um, and don't forget, yeah, 0800 triple one forty forty one eight one triple three is the message one put essex on the front emails ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk i laugh because um i get told off for not answering the emails but uh, i won't worry about that today sue from Rayleigh. hello sue oh hello ken um i want to create a woodland area in my garden and i'm oh, wondering yeah. if i can just put bark on top of the lawn what now right you're t- <clears throat> tell me why you were are you going to put it down as a path or you just want to p- lay the bark on on the lawn to suppress the grass what what what's well, really tell us what's in your to... tell us what's in your head and then we can help you there right um i want to put bark on top of the lawn well that's what i was hoping and then plant 
probably woodland plants, maybe like azaleas. And then I wanted also to plant a small tree. Right. So firstly, if you're going to plant azaleas, you'd need an acid acid base, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, you've got to check, yes. check your soil conditions first. If it, are you in a, I mean, Where are you, Rayleigh? Have you got blackish soil or is it a clay-based soil? No, it is clay, but um, I've got another part of the garden that I put ericaceous compost in, and the azaleas do very well so there. You, so you know how to do it right. That's what that's what's important, isn't it? Yeah. So, Tom, could you could you lay it on top of the answer is yes. Well, you, you can. can. Yes. I but mean, isn't the grass going to grow through it? It, it will do actually. If it's large, chunky bits of bark, it'll just grow through it. Um, would you weed kill it off first? But well, then it's I, not very natural, is it? No, it's not really. It's um, it's sort of. I know what you're. Tr- I think I, I know what you're trying to create. So you've got this woodland effect you're trying to create in your garden. So you got you are going to need to create that woodland bit as well. So it's it. You've uh, actually trees, got to get rid of the grass. I would put in a few trees anyway, uh, and How then you, you get rid of the grass. Well, there's two ways. You either spray it off. Which isn't very eco-friendly, Sue, is or it? Or you could cover it with a membrane material and plant through that and then bark on top of it. How about that, Sue? Would that be better? Or well, are you happy to spray easy. it off? Sorry? Sounds easier than digging all the grass up. Well, you could no, you could spray it off. I mean, if you're not anti-using sprays, spray it off with a weed killer, leave it a couple of weeks, and then you can just put the bark straight onto it. And then it. just plant and, through and bark and around it. And your weed killer is a contact weed, weed killer, so aren't they... Con- well, no, sorry, they're not contact, but they don't harm the soil. No, it's systemic. So it's systemic. Take, it'll be taken into the plant, kill off the plant. Uh, so you could do that, that's, and that's quite a quick way of doing it, actually, because actually at this time of the year, about a, a week or so, won't it? It'll t- yeah. start to show signs it's dying off. And then within two weeks, yeah, you could then be planting and putting your bark around those plants and all over that surface. How about, would um, you do that, Sue, do you think? Yes, I think that sounds quite a good idea. I was just really wondering what sort of small tree you would suggest. Have you got any other trees in the garden? Um, no, only shrubs. Well, I see, I'd use birch. Well done. Would you go for birch? I was going to say birch. Birch is such a great plant uh, because it allows for light to penetrate all the way through its canopy to the ground, but it creates that sort of dappled shade effect. And you have this wonderful colour in the in the spring and lovely yellows on the leaf in the autumn. And in the winter, you've got the bark interest. So the stem really does stand. It got this lovely whites and creams and sort of dirty whites as well. There's loads of different birches out there. Either go for single stemmed birches or or go for a multi stemmed plant. And then you can plant right up to the trunk. All right. Oh, that sounds lovely. Thank okay. you very much for your help. There, yeah, I have a creaking seat, but we're going to be looking at um, plant of the week. Today is honeysuckle or lunisera. Do you know there's 180 species? They're native to nor- the northern hemisphere. Um, lunisera perisuclement, which is the sort of common wild one, and then of course we got lunisera japonica, obviously from Japan, and they're native. To- Named after the sweet edible nectar from the flower, which you can imagine because you see bees all over them, don't you? Um, Lanisra, yes, where does that come from? A botanist called Adam Lanisra. <laughs> yeah. A lot of decid- deciduous and some are evergreen. They're often f- sweet scented, which is why we all grow them. The flowers are sort of in clusters. And it's that one of the reasons I've chosen this is because um, I've been to a garden this week. 
where um, it's overgrown. Yes, they haven't been able to control it very well and it's very overgrown. But what has happened is that the honeysuckle beautifully has covered, oh, I don't know, about 10 metres of shrubs. And in fact, it's in full flower. The perfume is gorgeous. So they are worth growing in your garden. Um, they've got tough old stems and basically they just twine themselves round each other. So um, they have black or red uh, berries, which of course have seeds. The birds love those, so they spread them around quite a lot. <laughs> um, the berries can be mildly poisonous, with the except of Lanisra carulia, because that is actually used commercially as a flavouring, would you believe it? Um, roots, well, it's a woody sort of plant, so they actually quite like being in the shade. But as I refer back to the one that's in this garden that I look after, the heads are in the sun, south-facing. Whoa! Is it growing? Yes. And is it good? Yes. So they are. They're easy. They're hardy. There's gold flame's a lovely one. Uh, Henry Eyes an evergreen. Haliana is an evergreen. Serotina. And what do they have as problems? Aphid. Yeah, watch out for that. And mildew. Uh, if they get too much mildew during the whole season, what do you do is you cut them down to a couple of feet and then you renovate them and spread the new stems. They are. Why not grow a honeysuckle in your garden? It's as simple as that. Just a quick mention, I did say, Joanna Cherry, you sent me lots of pictures. Your friend has got some silver birches. They look, um, they're, they're in a sort of glade. They look lovely, very woodlandy, but I hate to say it. They look very dead. They should have at least produced a catkin and a leaf by now, and they haven't. You said that you've got some green bark underneath. Therefore, I would leave them until the autumn, but I think... They're on their way out or they are dead. I'm sorry to say that, but um, that appears to have what's happened. I fitted that in because we were talking silver birch we were. just now. So let's go back to the phones and we will be talking to Fred from Whittam. Hello, Fred. Hello, good morning, Ken. Uh, my question is, I've made some liquid feed with uh, nettles. Mm -hmm. I know you can't put it on some things, but can I use it on the lawn at all? Uh, I, I don't see why not. There's no reason. It's, it's a, high, it's, nitrogen, it's a high nitrogen feed, mm. so uh -huh. I, I I can't see that being a problem. The fact you're, it's diluted anyway. You oh, dilute. Yes. You're diluting it's, it. Ten to one, I dilute. Yeah, that's fine. I think it's absolutely fine. I mean, anything that can help green the lawn is is is, is helpful. Those liquid teas are brilliant. Yeah, oh well, that's good. I shall do that then. Can you actually, just out of interest, uh -huh. can you can you have you got a, a big lawn or several lawns? lawn at the back. I mean, when I say big, I don't know what, what big is the difference. No, what, no, what I mean is, has it got bits that run off it that are, are slightly different from, have you got little sections that aren't joined on or bits that no, are separate? No, straightforward. Oh, I was just getting you to try a bit that what didn't have it on I and a bit that wonder, did. I did actually. I did wonder whether to do that or not. Try a little... ask anyway. No, no, we're saying use it, but what I was interested in is how good effect it was, yeah. and therefore you could come back to us, Fred, and let us know and let the county know, idea. which will I, be a I nice one. so do then. Okay. okay. I'll do a patch first. Okay, Fred. See the difference. Good one. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. <coughs> they are Fred checking out nettle 
tea. Patch tests. It's like when you get your hair done. It is indeed. I did mention that texts, yes, we do with your texts here. They come in at patch test. 81333 and put Essex on the front. This is from Lee and he says, good morning to you. We're series 10 years old. It runs along a fence seven foot long. There's groups of flowers which are, um, are approximately uh, seven inches long, but it has no leaves. Why? Okay, well, the reason is that they actually flower before they leave. They usually do, yeah. And, and actually, a lot of wisterias aren't in leaf at the moment. No. So, Lee, thank you for your text, but don't panic is the, is the answer. Let's now go back to the phones, and we will be chatting to Jean from Hockley. Hello, Jean. Hello, nice to speak to you. Um, I wonder if you can help me. Um, I've inherited a plant from uh, a neighbour. Um, he gave it, he take, used to take a lot of cuttings and last autumn he took a cutting from a plant he'd bought um, and gave it to me. I've kept it all winter. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to deal with it, whether it's an inside plant or whether I could put it outside. Um, it's got pale, well mid green leaves and it has the most beautiful cornflower blue flowers on it which it's flowered nearly all winter i don't think this is the time it should be blooming but because i think it's in a warm spot it's um producing flowers <laughs> we're looking a bit we're looking a bit we're sitting here looking a bit blankety <laughs> sorry yeah. that's all right um I haven't come up with any there, have you? Oh, plants. So... It's shooting up. It's about two and a half foot tall. And I remember the neighbour had since... Come on, then. What's this blue flower look like? Try, try describe and the blue flower. Describe the flower. It's, it's sort of about two inches wide. It's like a, a cluster of smaller, small heads. It's almost like a hydrangea flower. But it's, it's the colour. It's a beautiful cornflower blue. And it just has one sort of... It's like a round head on it. And the leaves are very small? Yes. And they're a bit sticky. They feel like... The leaves feel as though they have grit on the back of them. Or sand on the back of them. Could be... Oh, it's gone. There's <laughs> uh, lots of the grounds. Uh, tall ones, blue flowers, early summer... I think, it should I think it should probably be blooming in the autumn... But I've repotted it recently because it, the roots were coming you can't out. Send us a you can't send us a picture. You're not into sending pictures, are you? Yes, I, ca I probably could, yes. Take a picture and you can send it by phone, can't you, on best. a text. Send it on a text and we'll see if yes. we, whether we can have a look at it. How about that? Oh, yes, that's a good idea. All right? Yes, thank then you. Then we can give you precise information. Yeah. How about that? Yes, that And if anybody good. else thinks they know what it is... Give us a call. Yes, come if up you with an answer for me. Come up with an answer for Jean from Hockley. And we go to Hillary in Colchester. Hello, Hillary. Hello. Hillary. Can you hear me? Just about. You driving? Yeah, I'm just about to pull over. Hang on a sec. Oh, you're not. Oh, are you on hands free? Yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> just checking. Go, we only we only talk to hands free. Yeah, I'm, I'm on hands free and I'm in a labour. <laughs> How can we help you? What I was wanting to ask you, some colleagues gave me a very nice lemon tree as a present. Yeah. And I want to know what to do with it so I don't kill it. It's got a lemon on it and it's about three feet high. 
and it's been um, at the moment it's in a pot about nine inches wide, but they've provided a bigger pot. So I'm not sure whether I'm supposed to retop it into the big pot or just leave it right, in it to look nice. My first question before Tom answers how to look after it is where did they keep this lemon tree when before they gave it to you? Uh, I think I think it was in a shed at work. Oh, it was that bad, was it? <laughs> and it's alive. It's alive. Okay, well, you carry on then, because because they don't like being shuffled about in too many different positions, do they? No. So at the moment, you got it. You got it at home. Have you got it on a windowsill? Oh, it's quite big actually for a windowsill. Have you got it on the floor with a good, with a good light. At the moment, it's sitting on a table in a conservatory. Okay, I, perfect ideal. place for it. That's lovely. Ideal. Super. Um, well, you could pot it up into the next size up. Um, Nine-inch pot. That's not too bad, actually, for a lemon. I'd probably be okay with that for this year. Uh, but I'd definitely would pot it up again into the next size up. Uh, and a plastic pot would be absolutely fine. Yep. And you could actually sink that plastic pot into a lovely decorative container. Equally, you could actually put it into a lovely terracotta pot, plant the whole thing in there. Use something like a John Innes number no. three, yep. a soil-based compost. And you can also, um, you can go out and get some proprietary citrus feeds, all your good garden centres stock, something along those lines. And um, that'll be quite high in potassium for the flower and the fruit, and also have some good nitrogen levels as well. And I think from now on in, you need to be doing some feeding. So if you haven't fed already, and you're going to leave it in that pot, I would use something like a tomato fertiliser if you haven't got hold of a citrus food. And just take a, just check the plant from time to time. If a leaf feels a little bit sticky, it's probably because there might be a pest on the underside. So look out for things like scale insect, which is a little bit like a limpet stuck to the stem, which attacks the plant. And use a house plant Yeah, and you can spray. use house plant sprays and uh, wipes uh, for those. Um, and... You know, it's a that. plant that will live for a long, long time. In the summer, I put it outside. Uh, but not too early. Not Don't, too early. I mean, no, end of the June, month. End of the month. End of the month. June time. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Are you all right with that, then? Very much indeed. Yep. Fine. Thank you. You may continue <coughs> on your journey, Hillary. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Ha have a Bye. good trip. Drive carefully. And we move on, and don't forget that we're talking gardening. Yes, we talk gardening all the way through till 12. It's the gardening phone-in. Ken Crowther and the gardening phone-in. Uh, let's go to Paul in Whitton. What would you like to know, Paul? Hello, Ken. Um, I just want to know, I've got a... I just took a, an old camellia out of my garden in my front door. It was the wrong plant in the wrong place. It was bone-drived. It was red-hot. No flowers this year, all yellow leaves. So I decided to do away with it. In its place, I'm putting a cyanosis. But the thing is, my garden wasn't naturally acidic, so I made that. You know, I put all the all the peat and, and um, irrigation compost and bark in the hole. Well, now I'm digging it out in the root to put this new one in. Will I oh, I see, I see. No, no. Tom and I are looking at each other. No, it's not. He's not making it acidic now. It was acidic because he had the camellia in it, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Won't affect it, will it? Got remains. No. Will that? Do the cyanosis any harm? No, no. Well, no problem um, at all. Probably dig it in further, and um, if you if you've got some really good garden compost, well, I would I'm, actually. I'm most of it's going to be a, a, a multi-purpose compost <laughs> for the hole because there wasn't no earth there. Like, oh, I see up. what you mean. Right? Yeah, you could do that. I, I mean, the be what, what would be better would be a soil-based compost uh, because that. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great, and that will hang on to the moisture a little bit more. But that's okay, a perfect I'll get a couple of bags of that. But it's a perfect plant for the situation you're describing. Yeah, the California lilac's right, lovely. Wrong plant, wrong place. I've been, I've been struggling with it for years, and uh, have you actually thrown it away? 
Yes, I had to. It was a, quite a bit, and it was. You uh, could, you know, you could have just just. Been, every time I walk in and out my door, I'd look at it. It's been on my conscience for years, and I'd nowhere else in the garden to put it. Um, well, nowhere in the back garden where it was shady. Block, and and I thought, it, it, okay, it won't survive in a small pot. Um, Go for it. Yep. I've got okay. other camellias, but they're in the right place. This was just oh, that's, a bit of yeah. madness on my part, you know. It happens, Paul. We all do it. And we'll okay, regret thank it. Thank you very much, Paul, and best of luck with that because that is a lovely plant for lovely that position. Plant. And isn't they're in it? flower at the moment, most of them, aren't they? Looking gorgeous. Mm. And a good. Actually, blossom <clears throat> this year is very it's good. It's very good. Which is. I always worry when we've got heavy blossom because. You think it's going to be the end of the world? Well, nature nature's very clever, isn't it? Mm. And nature produces flower and fruit and seed when it's in jeopardy. That's it. It wants to survive under the fittest, doesn't it? It is, indeed. Oh, we go from camellias to azaleas, don't we, Philip, in Colchester? Yes, good morning. After care for azaleas, I've got five potted azaleas, miniature ones, and they've flowered really, really well. I've got irritatious fluid to feed them. Um, what sort of aftercare do I need to do for the summer months? Are these the evergreen ones or the deciduous? Yeah, yeah the yeah, evergreen. Yeah, the evergreen ones. Okay. Well, the key is to keep the, particularly in the summer, the root system moist, uh, right. not saturated, just a little bit of water because that during that period it's actually uh, gearing up to get its flowers ready for next year. Uh, so, if they're and they're in pots, are they? Yes, they are. So in pot, yeah. So it's a little bit more tricky in pots because they tend to dry up more quickly. So yeah. if I'm going away for a weekend, I tend to put those pots in a in a saucer or in a tray with water, and yeah. uh, that sort of uh, <laughs> then I can relax a little bit more when I come back. But it's <laughs> um, but but those plants do need plenty of uh, moisture. Also, you've got your feed, so just follow the, the instructions yeah. for the feed. Um, keep them out of bright sunshine. Yeah, they they like uh, in a west facing aspect is quite nice. So that's afternoon yeah. sun. So if there was any water on the leaves the water's evaporated by then uh but again in semi-shade is a good place i mean they're sort of wooden edge of wooden plants yeah how often do i need to put the feed on depends on the feed you're using so some will actually stipulate either seven or every seven or 14 or 21 days um usually i mean once every two or three weeks would be absolutely fine actually with a container right. Right. Thank you very much. Back to your gardening questions in a moment. But right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on within the garden this week. Tom Cole, our man this week, what you got for us? Well, if you haven't done so already and you've got plants like flowering currants or forsythia uh, or even some of the earlier flowering buddleias and they finish flowering, this is a good time to actually prune those. People forget, don't they? Just leave them and then it's too late because you've lost next year flowering. That's it, yeah. So, I mean, as soon as they finish flowering, you need to cut out the old flowering wood to the ground or to where there's a good vegetative shoot. Stand back from the plant. Very very (coughs) teacher-like. Vegetative. Yes. Leafy growth. (laughs) Uh, stand back, have a look at your plant. I've done it before where you sort of prune, 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 and then you stand back and think, why is there a massive hole in that left-hand side of the plant? So you stand back, have a look at the shape, and uh, if, a, if those youngest shoots are still very long, then cut them back by about a quarter to a third, and uh, maybe do a little bit of thinning out if the plant is very thick. So things like carrier, for example, which have flowered oh, yeah. already, massive thicket of plants, every third stem take right out to the ground. 
Really, as harsh as that. Absolutely, yeah. And, of course, when you've done all that, uh, you might want to do a little bit of feeding oh, if you haven't done so already. Is this your already. second tip? You're yeah, on this is, I'm on to my second tip, and it's leading into a little, another one as well. That <laughs> is uh, feeding the plant. And then, of course, if you fed that plant, I would also trap all that moisture and food in by mulching thickly and heavily. But only if it is really moist. Only after it's rained and the soil is moist. That's right, absolutely. Which there isn't a lot of around no. at the moment, is there? And then go for a thickness of something like 10 or 15 centimetres, so four to six inches. Good, well-rotted organic matter. So your good old compost that you might have been developing over the last couple of years, put it on. So are you drifting into another one, or was that... That, that was it. That, that was the other one, the mulching. That's it, the mulching. If you haven't got all this mulch at home, what would you recommend people use? You know, if you're going out and buying, I mean, is bark good enough, or do you need composted bark? No, because all you're looking for is a um, barrier, I suppose, to that water evaporating. So bark uh, can be a little bit pricey. But, uh, and you can go for shredded bark through to bark chips and sections. So that's absolutely fine. Um, you can get hold of things like mushroom compost. You have to search around for that one. But uh, that's another good uh, medium to use. And if you're also tying it in with maybe a sort of theme, like a sort of Mediterranean type garden. The mulch could doesn't, stone, it doesn't you? have to be organic matter. It can be stone, pebbles, pebbles you love your pebbles. I do like my, my beach scene. <laughs> <laughs> So you can even go for a beach scene. Sounds good to me, Tom. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Our armchair gardener's back with us um, and he says, um, Hi Ken, it's been a funny old spring. Dull, chilly. Do you think with this adversely, will it adversely affect his spaghetti harvest this year? (laughs) He's usually on about matchmakers and different things and clockwork. No, not clockwork oranges, but chocolate oranges. But anyway, thank you, Armchair Gardener, for your little humour each week. Um, It's appreciated. Thank you, Chris. Um, We go back to a more serious problem. And yes, it is a serious problem because we're talking chafer chafer grubs with Muriel, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, and they are a serious problem. Where, never, tell us, ever, tell ever us. had them before. Right. Where have you found them? We found them because I had a, a bare bit, which I thought, I mean, our lawns were kept. They're only small, probably 150 metres in total. Um, it was a bit where you walk to a shed, so I thought it just got worn. So I'd got turf, so I got my gardener to dig this out, and underneath we found these things, which I'd never seen before, but they are chafer bugs. They're definitely and chafer. You've definitely checked their chafer. They're not crane fly larvae. No, well, because crane fly larvae are around legs. as well at the moment, aren't they? They've got legs and they've got the little dark head. Yeah, yeah. Chafer. Big pests. They're quite big pests, aren't they? They are big fat <clears throat> things. And, um, there is... and anyway, I, I mean, I look it up and it just says you can't buy any product. No, they've taken away all those nasty things like mercury <laughs> that I used to use when I was a lad. <laughs> yeah, you can, there's no can, chemical can you can use. <clears throat> No, there's 
But you've got nematodes, Yeah, you we? can use a biological control. So you can actually get a control which mm. is, in this instance, is a nematode. It's an, uh, a microscopic uh, worm or eelworm. And um, often those have a bacterial agent in them. So what they do is they, they have to have moisture. So you, you buy them and you put them into your water again. It rehydrates them and you water them on. But you actually need a moist lawn as well. Yeah, really. yeah, you need yeah. the moisture there. So they swim through the soil water, searching out for the chafer grub, and then they'll basically enter the chafer grub and release their bacterial agent, which eats it from the inside out. It's, it's very a nice way to go. I mean, it's, it's, it's nasty, isn't it? It's funny how... Uh, Organic and organic gardeners always go on about using nematodes, but it's what a way to die. <laughs> it's a it's clean cruel. and safe way. So that, that is the way, because even using, I mean, you can draw up onto the top of the lawn, you can get the crane fly larvae to come up, but you chafer, don't, they don't come up. No, so you could, yeah, for, for, for the leather jackets, which is more of a sort of greyish grub. It's worth grub, now, isn't it? Put a, put a bit of tarpaulin on there. and that Wet moist, the lawn first. Yeah, and then the moisture really draws them up. Yeah. Uh, and then you can pick them all off or actually just uncover and let the birds let come the birds. in. But actually I, sometimes... I, tried, the... I read that, so I tried that. No, it doesn't it's work with chafer duck area, bugs. But it wasn't any good. No, and no. of course I have read about nematodes, but they are what you recommend now. They say most of them that you don't get them till September, but you can get them in May and 12 That's right. degrees. So you recommend all this. I, I'd definitely do the nematode, yes. Now and yeah. the grain in September. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll send away for some now then and, and, and get it done. It's worth yeah. it. You might have to, I mean, one application might not be enough. You might have no. to do more than that. I haven't got a big area, so. It's worth yeah, trying. Worth trying. Yeah, yeah okay. OK, thanks for your help. And we are, we are ending up with being better at gardening and safer in the garden. We are actually, you know, doing some good things, and, but we end up with more pests, don't we? Which, we do. Which is something that we've got to get round in another way. Um, so, don't forget, text 81333, pop Essex on the front. Oh, and I've got, I've got also some emails, which I'd like to get through as well. A couple of uh, emails there, so we'll do those as well. Kim Lance is one who's sent in a lovely picture of a rose, but we'll do that a bit later on. Ken.Crowler at bbc.co.uk. Phone number 0800 111 It's the gardening phone in with me, Ken Crowler. Let's go to Michael now. And you're from Coggleshaw, is that right, Michael? Good morning, yes, I'm from Coggleshaw. Right, how can we help? It's an allotment question. Yes, all right, yeah. My wife and I tend some allotments. Mm-hmm. And we just acquired a fairly new one, and we've been left a little legacy. <laughs> oh, that sounds ominous. Yes, <laughs> it's been well limed in an effort to get rid of club root. So obviously we can't grow brassicas. Will leeks tolerate lime? Wait, how limey is it? Very. What? It's looking white, is it? Yeah, it white specks in it. And have, you, and have you have you tested the soil for the pH anyway? No, I haven't. I think no. it's worth doing that anyway. Because you can still grow because because if the levels ab- absolutely, so if the pH is uh, around or just below neutral or even above neutral, um, you can still grow. You'd you be absolutely fine for brassicas. That would be fine. Okay. Uh, but it's definitely worth testing and and do tests across. A big the area. Plot. So yeah. the more you do, right. the better the result will be for you. Really, some really good kits out there at the moment. Uh, but and that will uh, the will the will the leeks still 
be all right in limey. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely no fine. Absolutely fine. You're, you might have an issue if the pH is too high for things like potatoes. Potatoes yes, do prefer yeah. a slightly acidic soil, uh, but you know they're tolerant. Uh, so I think you'd be okay actually. But I've definitely worth it's definitely worth testing it. And what about marrows? Marrows should, should be fine. No problem. With marrows, it's more about uh, moisture holding ability of the soil. So it's making sure there's plenty of moisture around the root zone. Thank you. Plenty of compost, helpful. courgettes, the same. All that, all that family, you can grow family, really yeah. well. Yeah, and just wonderful. Just put it in loads of compost, and off you go. You know, yeah. that's the way it works. Mm. Thank you very much for your help. That's okay. That's a pleasure. That's Michael from Coggleshall who's taking on a new. Um, <clears throat> now. Um, I'd just like to, we're going to go to honeysuckles and ferns in a moment, but please can you tell me how and when to prune a bottle brush plant? Now bottle brush plants, um, a lot of people don't prune them at all, do they? Uh, because they like the look of the seed head, which is quite interesting. Um, but they do end up looking what I would call a bit ugly, because you get lots of brown and lack of the green spiny leaves, don't you really? Yeah. So what would you, I mean, after flowering? Always after flowering. And you can take some of those limbs where they flowered to the ground. And they'll rebirth. Or, or to where they? there's a really good, well-positioned um, shoot lower down. Uh, so, yes, gold rule is, is after flowering. Okay, so they are. That's a text, 81333. Start the message with the word Essex. And we are here to help you. Let's go now to Michael from Wickford. Hello, Michael. Uh, hello, Ken. Um, I've just been given a honeysuckle, mm -hmm. but, but it says dig an hole, put it in an hole, and put some fern all round it. Well, what is fern, please? And where do I get it? I'd love to. I'd love to know where the label came from, but some foreign country somewhere. Right. Um, what's the honeysuckle out of interest? Do you know? Uh, Does I, it? I can't pronounce it, but I'll spell it to you. Yep. It's L L O N I C E R A. Yeah, that's Lanistra. Does it got yeah. another name? No, can't see one on there. No. Okay. Definitely came from a uh, so it's a uh, suspect country. So, <laughs> so yes, dig a hole. Yeah. Um, I would uh, maybe fork over the bottom of that so that improves drainage. If you've got some well-rotted garden compost in your garden, work some of that into the spoil. Uh, yeah. And then plant, and it's a climber, so it needs to go either near your fence or on a wall. But if it's on a wall or a fence, you need the supports on there as well. Yeah, really I'm for put it up to a trellis, so it oh, goes up some trellis walls. That's, that's perfect. So yeah. then really... Put, Pull that soil back over the crown of the plant, firm it in, and thoroughly yeah. water it. Right, that, right. And that's all you need to do, actually, that's for the honeysuckle. Right, yep. right. right, one quick one. Um, I've got a palm tree. It's about 10 years old, and it hasn't got any little palms on it or no leaves, nothing. looks dead. What do I do about that? Dig it out. It sounds no, like it sounds like it is dead. It is if it's dead. got no leaves, it is dead. if it's got no leaf or nothing, yeah, it should have leaf on by now. No, um, it's got no leaves, nothing. It no. did it feel quite soft that that crown that where the leaves would have come from. Uh, yeah, a little mm. bit. What I've done is what I've heard you you to you say. Uh, break a bit off, and if it's green, it's all right. Well, I've done that, and it is green in there, so. Right, leave it. So leave it alone then. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. And see what happens don't, this year. Don't water too much. Yeah. No. It, no. And it, it, is it? Did you say it was going in the ground or in a pot? No, it's in the ground. So leave it alone. Don't even water it. Right. And you right. may. It sounds like it actually may be alive. Oh right. All right. 
Okay. Right, thank you. Yeah, okay, thank you very much. That's a pleasure. Right. That's Michael from Wickford with his honeysuckle fern. What country did that printed that label? Who come knows? On. Who knows, Ken? You wonder where plants come from. You see, we need to control where our plants come from. We need those passports. Actually, they do get passports. They do, they? yes. We have very good biosecurity systems have, in this country. We have indeed. We're very fussy about what we let in. <laughs> Gary from Tiptree. Hello, Gary. Yeah, hi, hi there. I was up your way the other day. I was up at Tiptree yeah. the other day having a, look, having a look around the farm. No visit to the jam factory then. Yeah, down the farm. Not, 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 not the factory, the farm itself. Very nice too. Interesting. Yeah. Do you work there then or not? No, no, I work for Stains and Brights in Tiptree. Oh, right. Anyway, Gary, we're talking, talking uh, your garden, aren't we? It's an actual garden job that I'm going to be doing. Yeah. And when I arrived there, they've got artificial grass oh, and right. they've got weed and moss growing through it. I want to recommend anything to get rid of it without harming the artificial grass. Well, Gary, that's an interesting one. Um, you wonder whether it was laid properly, that it's got moss yeah. and weed coming through it, but we won't go there because I don't want to upset your customer. Um, yeah. uh, do you know, there's an article in the paper. What's I reading in the paper? that They're worried about artificial grass because the more artificial grass we do, not only it's bad for the environment, but it also yeah. affects the water courses and everything, Absolutely. doesn't it? Absolutely. It's a disaster. Yeah. But anyway, we won't be going on that because I'll have everybody selling artificial grass on the phone, telling me off. You can use um, as proprietary. a path clear product or a, a weed oil based product. Uh, it can be sprayed on. It won't. Uh, it, the one thing it could do, you might get a little Stone. bit of discolouring occurring, but um, they could, you could apply it as a spot weeder, so just direct the spray onto the plants that are coming up through. But you have to watch that the moss killer has not got ferrous what is it? They ferrous sulfate. Ferrous sulfate. Don't put yeah. ferrous sulfate in because that will stain it dramatically. That's right. Does that still exist? It does. Yeah, you it? can do, but yeah. you won't. You, you, if you just use um, a moss uh, and just, a liquid moss and weed, killer. just a path, a, you know, a path clear, a, a, something like a path clear product, it'll do the same. It'll actually get rid of the moss as well. How about that, Gary? A path clear product. Yeah, yes. so all your good gardens have got yeah, anything for gravel drives, pathways. That would work. And you recommend a, a make or? No, no, we won't recommend a make. No, we're not supposed to recommend makes, so we try not to, unless you've got so, any that you've so, um, They're called um, path, one's called well, path clear. I've used path clear, and I think it's very good. They are. He's named it. Go for it. <laughs> and that's okay. No. All right, Gary? Okay, it's lovely. Thanks very much. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of people using getting artificial turf these days. It's uh, There are very good ones. There are, but it is a problem, mm. ongoing problem. Let's just uh, now go to talk to Gary from Tip. I thought we did, Gary. Have we, I... Yes, we've oh. just talked to him. Sorry, I've going to. Where am I going to? Pauline, and then we're going to go to the travels. So we we'll talk to Pauline first from Brighton. See, hello, Pauline. Hello there. Um, I've just bought a uh, bleeding heart yeah. plant. Yep. A bush yep. and um, a, well, a small um, just seedling thing you know a small thing and also um is it in flower well no it's um it, it's not in flower at the moment it's just got green shoots on it oh right see? and um i wanted to put it out in the garden and okay. also i've got a pink 
peony that yep. I want to put out, but is it too soon because of right. the cold evening? Well, di it's Dicentra, isn't it? The, the, the bleeding yeah. heart. Is Dicentra, have I got the right name? Lambrocampnos. Got... It's changed its name. Oh, no, Dicentra. Oh. Forget bleeding, all that. Bleeding no, hearts. No, bleeding bleeding hearts. There's, there's a lovely plant. Let's go on Dicentra. Yes. I'm staying on Dicentra. <laughs> but anyway, the problem with Dicentras is that they are very soft. Aren't yeah, they? Yeah, uh, so very prone to cold nights. So they are, be so a bit careful. As long as the plant, yeah, harden the plant off really, and that's just uh, put it out during the day, bring it in during the night, maybe for two or three days, four days at this time of the year. By yeah. the end of the week, it's hardened off, and it's absolutely fine then to go outside. However, it is quite lush and sappy. So if we then suddenly have a cold snap at the end of next week, you might want to put a little bit of horticultural fleece over the top of the plant just to Peony protect be it. Fine, though, Peony's it? fine. Uh, again, though, if you just got it and uh, uh, it hasn't it quite hardened off. Harden that off first. But is it a? Is it all in bud at the moment? The peony. Oh no! It's just like um, the cone thing and sprouts of green. Oh, the shoot. Oh, right. It's just the shoots are coming. Keep up the there. shoot. Keep yeah. the shoot above the soil level when you yeah. plant it. Yeah. 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 yeah, Lovely plants, nice plants. So I can I can put that out then, that peony then. I I would, but again, you know, if it, mm. if you've have if it's the first time it's gone out and it's been in for quite a while, it's going to be quite lush and sappy. So again, oh. just harden it off yeah. uh, a couple two or three days and then pop it into the ground. It'd be yeah. absolutely fine. So just water it, you know, quite well with Wa it in the pot. Yeah. So one, um, keep it moist, not saturated. Uh, and then when you finally plant them out, thoroughly water, and then actually it should be fine. You won't have to keep on going out and watering it after that. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails fairly shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips Tom has for us this week. Well, this is going to either upset or please people, but um, May, usually wait to the end of May before I do this next task, and that's sort of hedge pruning. However, it's been such a good year so far. The plants have gone absolutely berserk. I have started doing some hedge trimming, but I have looked into the hedge for any nests. That's the key thing. But they really have grown. There's like three inches of growth on some hedges. And the rest, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a load of growth, actually. So I've got, um, I've got about 20, 25 metres of hedging in my garden. That sounds really grand, but it's not. It's only box hedging. Uh, so I'm actually in the process of actually trimming that. So trimming the tops and the sides. And I want to have lovely, precise lines, very tight finish. So I've got my canes. I've got my string line. And I'm actually cutting the top first very very carefully and then I'm facing up the side ed edging the sides and cutting those so they're really nice and vertical what do you cut them with uh, I use a hedge clipper uh, a battery-operated hedge clipper with a really good, fine, reciprocating blade. And you do have to be careful, because if you use a, a, a biggish hedge trimmer, you know, um, a, one that you would use on commercially-style work, you can burn the burn the bush a bit, can't you? So uh, you do have to be careful that you get the right one if you're using a mechanical one. You do, actually, yeah. Or so an electric one, I mean. Yeah, um, I mean, <clears throat> these the, the battery-operated ones I've got are, I mean, they'll give you about 50 minutes mm. of, of time, which is great, really. Mm. I can then charge up and do something else. <laughs> So um, hedges, hedges, and hedges. It is hedges, yeah. So that's 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 uh, a key thing to look at at the moment. And for all those veggies out there, uh, I mean brassicas, the old cabbage family, uh, is uh, holds a whole multitude of different plants from cabbage through to things like cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, sweet turnip, and so on and so forth. But you know what? They absolutely are very attractive to lots and lots of pests. The biggest being the pigeon, pigeon down, and, down and to the smallest being the flea beetle, or even smaller the uh, cabbage root fly uh, so I always and I've just made sure I've done it at college because we've just introduced our new 
veg garden, uh, put a frame over it with a very fine enviro mesh netting over it so it actually stops the likes of the cabbage root fly, flea beetles, cabbage, cabbage white, white butterflies, yep. the large and the small, and the cabbage moth and the pigeon. So, so they're absolutely clean. So what do you use? You use net or hort? We've used a couple of things. Enviro mesh, mesh we've used. It's the best, isn't it? It is. It's very durable. It's long-lasting. But also you can get this uh, any sort of black and green type netting where the hole in the netting it's is about a fine. millimetre. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be very, very fine. So that's... But just enough. It still lets light in, lets moisture in, so it's absolutely fine for the plants. And you can go along and have a look at your gardens on the 22nd, which is mentioned in our events around the county. It is. We have an open day as part of the National Garden Scheme. We have students who will be taking you around the gardens. Marvellous. And I have to say, the gardens are looking absolutely fabulous at the moment. Check See, out those magnolias. See, he's got an ad in as well. <laughs> Time now for some of those events around the county. 21st uh, Fearing Flower Club. They're holding it in the Fearing Community Centre, 7.30. Chairman's Garden Party, if you want more info on that, it's 01376 571059. Let's see what else is on. 21st, Colchester Rosen Horticulture Society. Talk on bees and pollinating plants. Don't forget, they're at the new venue. It all starts at 7.30 in it's at the Hyde Community Centre, 1 Ventura Drive, C012FG. What else we got on? 22nd of May, Chignall Road, 18 Court. Uh, that is worth going to see. Beautifully maintained, designed, compact gardener. The owner is a well-known gold uh, medal-winning exhibitor, now retired. Uh, she's got some very unusual clematis. And if you go along there, say, Ken Crowther recommended you to go and see her. That's 18 Court, Chignall Road, open on Wednesday the 22nd, 2 till 5 in the NGS. It actually is an immaculate garden. Dragons at Boynton Cross, Chelmsford, another garden that's open on the 22nd of May, two till five, three quarters of an acre garden. Well worth going to have a look at that one. And that is at Boynton Cross, Chelmsford, CM1 for LS Dragons. Uh, let's look through to... Um, Sunday, the 26th of May, Field Cottage, Poundgate, Stebbing, near Great Dunmo, 1 till 5.30, another half an acre garden in countryside views. Still evolving, though, but well worth going to have a look at. It's been an interesting challenge, that one. Not forgetting Langley Village Gardens. Yes, Langley Upper Green, Saffron Warden, CB114RY. The Chestnuts, Old Bell Cottage, One Sparrows, Wickets and April Cottage. A group, all open. Combined admission, £7.50. Sunday the 26th May, 11 till 5. Light refreshments at the Village Hall, Langley Village Green, Old Bell Cottage successfully incorporates parts of the former field with various herbaceous beds. It is a sunken barbecue, natural pond. I'll tell you what, there's a lovely lot of to go along to there. And not forgetting, also, I'll tell you what I forgot to mention, 22nd of May, Riddle University College. They're open 10 till 3.30 to have a look at their, their 15 acres. Informal lawns, naturalised bulbs, large tree collection, mixed shrubs. Well, you know what it's like. It's a university college. Go along and have a look at it. And uh, I'm going to remind you of a few things that are coming up in the future. But don't forget, I've got an RNLI gardens. I've got all sorts of things coming up in the future. So if you want yours 
garden mention, just drop me a line to Ken Crowther at BBC Essex PO Box 765 Chelmsford CM29XB. I need it two weeks in advance and then I'll get it onto the system. In the meantime, you can send it by email to yes, Ken. Crowther at bbc.co.uk. Send it to me and I'll get it on this list. Come on, enjoy yourself. Get out and see some of these gardens and go to some of the clubs. I'd just like to thank uh, Pam from Malden for dropping in the Stephanotis seeds. <gasps> we were going to try those, weren't we? Isn't yeah, it? definitely. Because Tom and I talked about it. I reckon you should try them at college. I'm going to try them at college. They are. Yeah. Man's going to try them at college. And also, you've sent in an unusual fruit. It's about the size of an avocado. Um, it was grown on a plant in Spain. Got any ideas? It's still hard. It's still... So, I, I, it, passion. It looks like a sort of passion fruit, but it's a bit big, isn't it? Kumquat? No. Kumquat? It so looks like an avocado, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? But I tell you what, we've got lots we'll of calls to it. We're going to have to have a think about that and possibly come back to you. That's Pam from Morden. I will keep your note, and but uh, we better get back to the phones as well. So thank you for the seeds. We will see what we can do on that one. And let's go to Kim. Kim from Hardy's Green. Hello, good morning. Hi. And Tom, hi. Um, we've got two very majestic aces in our garden, which we've um, taken round with us um, for several years because we bought them the year we got married. And they're both in pots, um, but they are very large pots. One of the aces um, has got a lot of browning leaves on it. And it's only just started in the last week or so. Um, that we've noticed, and the other one, some of the leaves are just starting to tinge on the end. And, and whereabouts in the garden have you got them? Is it quite exposed where they are? Well, it is, but they've been there for years. So they've been there for about um, nine years, and we've never had a problem with them there. They, they are south-facing, and I know yeah. they don't like full sun it, uh, it, it's it's a weather problem it's not the plant particularly this year yeah, with the fluctuating we're seeing, night a, we're seeing a lot on plants particularly aces uh where the and soft hydrangeas have taken it as well yeah so you get uh, wind chill or burning on the tips of the leaves the thing is don't do any you can't prune those plants anyway at this time of the year they need to be pruned more in the winter but leave them alone um and those older leaves will probably drop off anyway but you've got you'll get fresh new leaves coming uh, on the surface so nothing you can do really uh, right. other than maybe if you know they're gonna have another cold snap and it's manageable put Cover fleece over the plant but a lot of inquiries about that uh, this year but uh, don't worry about it at all go to jackie from hornchurch hello jackie good morning tom good morning ken um name of a plant right it's oleanders oleander oleander yeah well i want to buy two and give them to a, a special person yep. she's not listening <laughs> um she lives by the very close to the sea are they suitable to a position uh, they're not 100 percent hardy however they'll tolerate sea conditions they will yeah. tolerate salty yeah, they, air in, in Advertising minus five degrees. Yeah, I think you'd probably be okay. Actually, maybe you might might want to say to them uh, they might need to protect them a little bit during the winter period. But that's all. But they're a perfectly right, lovely plant. Right, yes, yep. that would be perfect. Right. Okay. So, so the answer is Jackie. Yes. Right. And a quick question, just a quick, quick. What is the plant a tree look like plant that has an end of flower? Right. 
got some flowers finished. Tiny, like, little jelly babies, heart-shaped. What's the plant? The flowers look like jelly babies. No, no, the flowers are very dainty little flowers. But after the flowers are finished, it gets these little heart-shaped, softish jelly babies. It's not what's it, hot lips. <laughs> what is, is it hot that? lips? What does hot lips have as a, as a seed? No, after the flower, you get a fruit. Yeah. Uh, don't think it's that, actually. Oh, you're not talking um, shenominies. It doesn't look like an apple, a small apple. No. No, a very dainty little flower it has. Have you got the fruits? It's in my garden. When do you get the fruits? Pardon? When do you get the seed heads that you're talking about that look like um, jelly babies? started um, about a month ago, three right. weeks. Send one, send one in, and we'll have a look at it. How about that? <laughs> if it don't get squashed. No, just put it in an envelope. Put a padded bit of padding around it, and send it in, and we'll see if we can identify it and put a bit of leaf in as well. Right, it, and that's uh, to uh, BBC, um, BBC Essex, Essex yeah, um, PO Box seven six five, yeah, CM two nine XB. Put, put right, Ken okay. on Ken on the top, and it'll get to me. <laughs> Let's go now to Marion in Tiptree. We're in and out of Tiptree today, aren't we, Marion? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, uh, we've got a viburnum bush, a large one. It's been yep. in for a few years. And it, every, every time we have an argument about when it should be pruned. Now, I say it shouldn't be pruned uh, at the moment. It's flowered really well this year. Um, but it's now the flowers are now berries. Now, I say it's, that it shouldn't be pruned until the berries have gone. But my husband wants to to start pruning it now. It's about eight foot tall. Mm. It's quite. We big. don't want to get into a domestic here. Yeah. No, no. I'm going to try and be very good here. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, the, the pruning rules really are: as soon as if it's flowered, you can start pruning. Yes. If you want the fruit, though, <laughs> you'll need to keep the plants. But you could do some thinning out if you wanted to. But I would say with viburnums, and is it is it a wind? So it was, is it a fragrantly scented? Yes, it is. It's like a pink, white, pinky white. Flower. Right. Is so I, I would definitely maybe yeah. I mean, I would I would actually now. I would definitely do some pruning now. I'd actually take out the old flowering wood, uh, maybe just tip it uh, to remove that. And I would also maybe if it's quite a thick plant, maybe do some thinning out as well and, yeah. and if you stand back and you feel it's still a little bit too tall for you take it down by about a quarter i was going to ask how much it can be taken out i mean what about down the sides because it's all so it's yeah do, take it in by a quarter over the plant all over the plant quarter yeah, to a third a quarter yeah okay um, mary and does that mean i won't get any flowers next year no though? if you do it now you'll have enough wood that gets generated but before the end of this year which should give you flowers next year maureen from earl's car we go to now talking about an acer shrub has it produced um seed pods has it then maureen well it looks like that it's 20 years old um well pampered excuse me <clears throat> um it's uh is it an acer tiny flowers that have now finished I've just been out to feed it and check it. Um, they seem to have turned into, like, um, helicopter. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah they're seeds. They're yeah. the seeds, actually, yes. You could um, you could collect those towards the um, before they fall off and sow them, and who knows what's going to come up. It'll be a, a, maybe a slightly different Acer. How about that? It's never happened before. I just heard Ken say about plants being stressed. Yep. And it's reached adulthood. Oh, right. <laughs> it's <Okay>. matured. <laughs> Have a go and let us know how you get on. Can you, Maureen? That'll be nice to hear. And we go now to Christine from Frinton on Sea. Hello, Hi, Christine. Ken. Hi, Ken. 
I have a, a red robin tree. Mm-hmm. Not not sure of the age of it. We've been here five years, and it was there before that. It's about eight foot tall, um, and all I've got is a mass of white flower heads on it. You can hardly see the leaves at all. Yeah, a lot of flower this year. And they smell awful. <laughs> They're not the most pleasant. I agree with no. you. Should I be trimming it at any time? Or am I... You can. You can, yes. You can and prune it now. This is you your take month. It all off. This is your month. You can go out yeah. there after the show today and you could actually deadhead. You could take the dead heads off. But you I could actually cut it. it a bit harder, cut it to a nice yeah. outward facing leaf, and all the brand new growth will be brilliant red. Oh, brilliant. Okay, then. That's okay. As long as he's after 12, we don't mind. Um, Julia in Pitsy. Hello, Julian. Hello. I've got wisteria, and I heard you talking about Merlia. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had trouble with mine. It was in flower when I actually bought it. Yeah. It does flower. Now, hang on. When did you buy it? Oh, quite a few years back. Oh, okay. No, fine. Okay. I'm think- thinking of digging it out now. Because no. It's in leaf. That's all right. It's got no flowers on it whatsoever. You walk round the estate where I live, and they're all in flower. Well, I I, I give... Well, recently. And they're all in flower. And I spoke to one of the gardeners down there. I said, as you look after them, she's still there, the two and six bush. She said, you trim them back in February and trim them back in June, and you'll be fine. Absolutely. That's right. The last few years... And I'm not getting many flowers right. on it at all. OK, uh, you're not the only person. I got stopped in Laird de la Haye the other day by a man who wanted to know about his wisteria because it wasn't flowering. Now, what do you feed it with? Well, I, I've got the master stuff I put it in. That's good, that's good. Don't... I do go around putting um, plant food in. Right, is it in a container or is it in the ground? It's in the ground. Cut out the plant food and just give it to I wouldn't food. feed it at all. Um, and if you only cut the new growth, the whippy new growth, and never touch the old stems, you should get flowers building up. But this year, we did have frosts. Yep. My, my wisteria home, half some. of it didn't flower. No. Nope. Some of it did. So I just think it's a weather thing. I don't think it's a plant issue. And don't don't feed it too much. Keep it on the drier side, and I think you'll find yeah. it will produce flowers. You next might year. get flowers actually this year. You might still Later get because they tend to have two or three flushes in a year. Okay. Yeah, but as I say, I've walked round the estate, and all the all the uh, ones I've seen, the wisterias, are on the same side as mine, and they've got loads and loads of flowers on there. So it's not your year. It's not her year. No. <laughs> Thank you very much, Julia. Keep in touch. Jim Lance sent um, Kim Lance sent the a flower picture. Do you remember the rose with the centre stamens? Oh yes. Um, is there anything wrong with them? It's just this sort of contorted middle, isn't it? Yeah, it looks quite... Uh, it looks like it's mutated a bit. So they've got the stamens, the male parts in the flower, have uh, all sort of uh, fused together. There is a, there is something called fasciation, which is where sh- shoots and tissues mould together. Never seen it on a flower of a rose before, no. and it usually is more stems and flowers. So don't panic. I wouldn't worry about it, actually, no. OK. Uh, just a couple of... Uh, Texts as well. Dixonia Antarctica, no fronds since cutting back last year. Is it dead? Don't hang on in. Yeah, put, yeah. if you feel, um, put your hand in the top of the plant and uh, that it should feel a little bit uh, sort of hard there where the fronds are developing. I would leave it alone. If it feels quite dry, put some moisture in there, so water it. 
Okay, um, that's Dixonia one. Cacti, oh, we've got a large cacti in our conservatory. Uh, and wondered if you could put the plant outside in our garden. If so, what sort of protection would it need in the winter months? In a word, no. You can't, you just can't do no. it, can you? It just doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I'm sorry, the answer is no. Put it out in the summer, Tom? No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't even Just leave do that. it at home. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11, it's gardening. 